Goosebumps number 50, Calling All Creeps by R.L. Stein. Just dial 555-CREEP. Reach out and scare someone. Ricky Beamer is furious when he gets kicked off the school paper. So he decides to play a joke on Tasha, the bossy editor-in-chief. Just a little joke. Harmless, really. After school one day, he sticks a message in the paper. If you're a creep, call Tasha after midnight, it reads. But somehow, Ricky's message gets messed up. And now he's getting calls, strange calls from kids who say they are creeps. Creeps with scaly, a purple skin, and long, sharp fangs. Listener beware, you're in for a scare. Nice kids. They're gonna love Dark Falls. You guys, we've made it to 50. You guys, we did it. We're here. Wow, nifty 50. You guys. You guys. Welcome to Welcome to Deadcast. Welcome to Welcome to Deadcast, the Goosebumps podcast, where we talk about a Jagoosebump. I'm Daniel Montgomery. I'm Matthew Scott Montgomery, and there is nothing we love more than Goosebumps. Goosebumps. You guys, I keep saying you guys. Are you a creep? Oh, if man. so, DM us after midnight. I have a really special place in my heart for this book. I like. It's not great, but I love it. Yeah, it's not great, but I do. I just, I just love it. Do you guys know Calling All Creeps? If you guys haven't looked up the cover of this book, just do yourself a favor and Google it, girl. Well, why don't you tell us what it looks like while they Googling? Well, one thing I have to say about this book is... Sometimes you really feel the datedness of a book. Girl, with this one, you feel it full tilt. You know what I mean? Because it's it's all about phone calls. Laughs are on the line. It's all about, like, phone calls and answering machines and just, it's just antiquated stuff. And that adds to the deliciousness of its campy camp. You know, there truly is nothing scarier than a phone call. Yeah, that's actually true. I'll do whatever it takes to avoid speaking on the phone or answering the phone. Sometimes I think the other end of the phone is going to be a real creep. Um, I wish. I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. And inside this book, Dan and I have an original copy from 1990, December 96. December. This book came out in December 1996. And it came with those, you know how like every now and then these books have like a bookmark and trading cards in the middle. Well, they have a trading card, of course, for Coil Creeps. And um, it has like a list of character names, a setting, a quote and then the real deal and under the real deal it says Arl Stein says I think telephones are scary you never know who's on the other end of the line so I decided to write about scary phone calls if you like this book please don't call me oh Robert Lawrence um so anyway the cover of this book is um a bunch of creeps popping out of a telephone booth A phone booth. A telephone booth. A phantom toll booth. A phantom toll booth. And there's like a ominous dark sunset happening in the background of some Ooh, leafless sexy. trees. Um, but let me describe to you what these creeps look like. First of all, they're wearing the sexiest 90s clothes I've ever seen. I'm talking denim vests. I'm talking tucked in shirts. I'm talking belts. I'm talking long sleeves. I'm talking backwards hats. I'm talking bags and rags. And what creeps look like is they essentially look like velociraptors. That's very accurate. They look like purple raptors. And it's just these four wide, googly, green-eyed raptors making a phone call. And they're, like, scrambling all over each other in their sexy teen 90s clothes raptors trying to make a phone call together out of a glowing phone booth. I mean, it just doesn't get any better than that. Gay icons. I know. It's it's just really the best. And yep. the colors for this original... <laughs> I was just about to ask. Were, ...are a deep pink and a mud gray... Like I said, gay icons. (laughs) 
Matthew, why don't you read the rest of what the trading card says? So it says, starring Ricky Beamer, which I can't believe is a real name. Ricky Beamer, our narrator. It's not. Uh, Our narrator. Just call him Ricky Rat. Iris Candler, Ricky's one and only friend. She's no phony. Oh, God. Tasha McLean or Tasha McLean? Um, Tasha McLean, the boss of bossiness. She calls all the shots. And Richard Wartman. Everyone calls him Wart, but he's a lot creepier than that. The setting is Harding Middle School, Creepsville. And the quote is, when will the creeps meet? Ooh, child. Calling all, calling all, calling all creeps. Dan and I read in the Goosebumps wiki page that Arlstein got this idea from a prank that he played in college that that backfired on him. Yes, this book is all about pranks. Yeah, and it, again, it's it's a ode to bully culture, and it's just bullies, 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 and it's, it's all about bullies. Such a classic, uh, uh, tried and true Goosebumps plot. Yes, and it's it, it reeks. Amy reeks. It reeks of Arlstein came up with a title. He kind of thought of a fun end of the book, and nothing happens for the first ninety pages, and then it's kind of over. It works. I love it. So our protagonist, as oh, as, I want to say a shout out to Damien too, because I posted on my Instagram story that we were recording this, and Damien got really excited uh, because he remembered a certain detail of this book about the macaroni and cheese that will come later. So I want to say, hey, Damien, love you, girl. You're our, you're my family, and thank you for being such an avid listener and a supporter of me in my entire life. And everyone else is trash besides you. Wow. I I said it before and I'll say it again. It's all for you, Damien. It's all for you. Yep. So our protagonist is Ricky Beamer, as stated. He is 12 years old. He's in sixth grade. Sixth grade. As as every good Goosebumps protagonist is. And you guys... You guys, we get a real gift in this book. A true gift. Mm -hmm. Ricky starts off the book by sneaking downstairs. It's after 8 p.m. His parents are watching the Weather Channel. They love watching the Leather... (laughs) (laughs) They love watching the Weather... I wish there were a Leather Channel. And he is uh, sneaking down the stairs, and he trips over a stack of laundry, and you guys, within the first, I don't know, two or three paragraphs... He falls and lands hard on, on his, his elbows and knees. I had a big old Christmas smile on my face reading that. Mm, it was real good. We get a couple of them in this book. We do. And that was our first one. His parents don't hear him and he's like, oh, thank Becky G. I made it out alive. He puts on his parka and is, he's sneaking out to um, late at night to go to, you know, on a school night late at night. Sneaking to Harding Middle School to, to for some revenge. Some classic revenge. And we learn pretty quickly that he is bullied pretty badly at school. Yeah, he does. There's no annoying little brother and sister in this book. Instead, it's a school full of people that want him dead. They call him uh, Ricky Rat and Sicky Ricky. Sicky Vicky. And the only description we really he- know about him is that he has wavy black hair. In the, t- the TV episode... He has glasses and is a total nerd. Yeah, he might as well be wearing, like, nerd costume from Spirit Halloween. <laughs> but all he really knows is that he's wavy black hair. Anyway, he's he's sneaking. Where, he, where he's specifically sneaking to is an eighth grade classroom of Harding Middle School where there is a light on. And he sees Tasha Tasha McLean, who is in there typing away at the school newspaper or something on the computer. And he... I think this is something important to acknowledge. He's like, he's sneaking up to the window and steps in a bunch of mud. This book takes place in the winter times. Yeah, it's kind of wintry. There's snow sometimes, and that's pretty cool. And he sees that Tasha is typing at the computer, and she has long, curly red hair. Ding, 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 ding. So take a big, fat drink. Yes, hitting on all the, the, um, checking off all the boxes. That's better. And Tasha is there with Miss Richards, a young and very pretty news, very very pretty newspaper advisor. With this, some of this newspaper stuff and like how it's printed and things, this is another example of how 1996 this book is because it's going to be like floppy disks, floppy disks, and, disks and home and, phone and calls. hard drives and floppy disks. They're basically they're finishing up the and Harding Herald before Miss Richards needs to save it to a disk and take it to the laser printer in the main office so they can print off copies of it. What and and. Ricky waits until they leave the room, and they leave the room. Ricky sneaks in through the window, tracking mud inside. He's like, I don't even care. Ricky. And I was like, girl, you're trying to get caught, girl. He like, come on, girl. He should and, know by now there's nothing I do better than revenge. And he gets to the computer, 
and he, he can still hear them in the hallway. And he this is this is the prank. He types into the bottom of the front page of the newspaper, calling all creeps, calling all creeps. If you're a real creep, call Tasha at 555-6709 after midnight. So this like whole thing doesn't really I think it's kind of a lame prank, don't you? Kind of. It's a totally lame prank. Calling all creeps. Calling all creeps. If you're a real creep, call Tasha McLean at 555-0109. After midnight. Yeah. And we we then get a like a five pair like sorry five chapter like flashback of why he's doing this. Yeah, this is a thing that doesn't happen too often in Goosebumps books where it's like. But you know here what I happened now, and I'm gonna flashback to tell you how we got to where I am. It happened in Attack of the Jack Lanterns. I said it doesn't happen often. I didn't say it doesn't happen. Wow, let's get in a fist fight. Okay. So a few days ago, a new girl named Iris Chan- Candler Candler I'm sorry joined Ricky's class. Idiot. <laughs> Iris has a round face with big blue eyes. She's kind of cute. She's got short blonde hair parted in the middle. And she wore long red plastic earrings that jangled when she moved her head. Okay, listeners, if any of you have ever worn plastic earrings, please let us know. Because I don't even know if that's a thing that exists. Is it? Um, no. But I will say that Iris Candler does wear some cool-ass clothes in this book. So Ricky is, like, immediately attracted to her. And he talks about how he likes how he likes the way her earrings jangle when she laughs. And he basically shows around for the day and shows around the cafeteria. And he says, this is the lunchroom. And then he says to himself, I mean, what else could it be? The band room? Oh, I'm such a nerd. Oh, Ricky. And he, Ricky rat. He sees, in the lunchroom, he sees his four enemies, which are uh, seventh graders uh, named Jared, David, Brenda, and Wart. And Wart is short for Richard Wartman. I love that though. That nickname is so real. And then he shows her some stuff like with the cafeteria, like things to eat and things not to eat. And he says, there's hot food over here. And be sure to stay away from the macaroni. No one ever eats the macaroni. We think they serve the same macaroni all year. See that crust on top? Whoever heard of macaroni with a crust? And they laugh and they die laughing. (laughs) And they walk to two empty seats. And as they're walking to the empty seats, Wart trips Ricky and his food goes flying everywhere. And people start chanting, sicky Sicky, Ricky, Ricky Ricky, rat. rat. And even Iris starts laughing. Ricky Rat. Sicky Ricky Ricky Rat. After school, Ricky goes down the hall to Miss Richard's room, and because uh, Ricky's like on the, the newspaper or something, because they have to have, what is it, like. They need like a certain activity, amount of activity points. points to be able to graduate. Yeah, you need 20 activity points in order to graduate, and he's can't do any sports, and all the clubs were full, so he was, like, basically stuck with the newspaper, and Tasha is, like, in charge of the newspaper, and Melly is a girl who's the assistant editor, and Ricky's like, hey, guys, do you have any stories for me? And Tasha hates Ricky. She hates all sixth graders, because she's... Tasha's a real... Yes, and she basically gives him, always gives him total BS stories to write, so he isn't, like, like, around bugging her the stories that she said you need to here i've got an assignment for you find out how many dirt patches are on the playground and why they're there and then another one's like what it's like to be a night janitor what it's like to be a meal the night janitor (laughs) and the stories never get published he spends a lot of time with them anyway he still comes there after school two to three days a week and asks like you have any stories tasha's not having it and ricky's like oh fine he goes across the room to get a soda and david to get a sodi david and wart are there they're on the 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 and david and war are there they're sports writers for the newspaper figures let me tell you what they look like david is tall and blonde so he's my type and war is short and lumpy and red faced so he's my type and <laughs> war teases ricky about like lunch like ha ah, we got you and ricky's like yeah cool cool story guys he picks up a pepsi so ricky's not my type 
And he and Wart fight over the Pepsi because Wart's like, hey, that was the Pepsi that I wanted. I want that Pepsi. And Ricky's like, no, I caught it first. And they get in a fight. Sicky Ricky. And guess what happens? The open Pepsi goes flying across the room and lands on Tasha's keyboard. I mean, everyone saw this coming a mile away. The moral of the story is don't drink Pepsi. The whole front page has been deleted off the computer because of the Pepsi. Oh, no. And now the acid from the Pepsi is destroying the keyboard keyboard no it's at the, the keyboard is frying and then the pepsi starts eating through the desk and then into a hole into the floor <laughs> and then it's it, it burns tasha's fingers off oh no calling all pepsi and creeps. she's screaming and tasha's so furious she's so angry that arlstein points out that she tosses her hair in the air with both hands so that means she throws her wig off <laughs> and so she's sitting in the sopping wet pepsi seat and she tries to save it but the computer is totally fried and she says ricky you're such a creep she's you're i'm kicking you off the school paper you're a creep 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 so i creep And Iris watches the whole thing happen from the door. And she's like, oh, Ricky, I'm so sorry. Let's walk home together. Oh, Ricky, Ricky, I'm so sorry. And they decide to walk home together. And Ricky thinks he hears somebody behind the hedge. No, please. And he says, no, no, you don't don't understand. (laughs) No, Iris, you don't understand. We're being followed. She says, what? He says, no, I swear it. I hear whispering and laughing behind the hedge. But they poke they poke out behind the hedge and ain't nobody there but, but then then they, then they keep wanting and then they hear they keep they keep walking in fact and then they hear someone chant sicky ricky behind ricky, the hedge and then they check ricky, behind the hedge again and there's no one there and iris is like you're so weird and then all of a sudden all four bullies jump out of the hedge and they throw ricky around and tear off his clothes and David <laughs> pins him to the wet ground in the wet mud and Wart sits on his chest I told you he was my type Ew. I'm kidding and then Iris cries and she screams just let, let him, him go, go let him go and then they do let him go and they're like hey why did you blame the Pepsi incident on me Wart says and Ricky's like because it's your fault like what are you talking about and I guess like Tasha like came up to them after Ricky stormed out of the room and said, "Hey guys, what was all that about?" And they're like, "Oh, Ricky." It was Ricky Rat. It was Sicky Ricky. But then we get a description of Jared, and he's short and skinny, and but really, really mean. Not my type. So obviously, he's my type. And so they're like, "You're such a coward. You're such a wimp. You're such a snitch, Ricky." Don't be a coward. Don't don't be a wimp. Don't don't be a snitch, snitch. So they make him sing, and that's one thing they love to make him do because he's such a terrible singer. And it's this is so embarrassing. They make him sing the Star Spangled Banner, and he does. And as soon as he's done, he runs off. Oh, say can you see? And he's so embarrassed, he doesn't want to see, see Iris's reaction. And he's never been that embarrassed in his whole entire life. And he's like, this whole thing is Tasha's fault. Because Tasha told them that he told on them. So I'm not, I don't really buy that it's really Tasha's fault. Whatever, so not the drama. And so he wakes up the next morning, which is a Saturday, and... To a phone call from Tasha. A phone call that would change his life. And Tasha's like, hey, listen, I need you to cover the midwinter car wash. I tried everyone else, but they're all on a field trip. Listen, I'd get my dog to take pictures if I could use him. I've never been this desperate. I have no one. Ricky, you have to do it. She really, like, she really, like, slams Ricky in this phone call multiple times. She makes it very, very clear that she hates him, does not want him to do it, and if there were any other option in the universe, she would be asking anyone else except for him. So Ricky goes to the school to get And Ricky's, like, happy, though, because because he needs those activity points. Because he needs his activia points. So he gets to the school and has to pick up a camera from Tasha. Tasha's like, listen, it's my dad's Pentax. So, like, be really careful with my dad's Pentatonix camera. Take 
four or five pictures, then come right back. It's very expensive. Please don't let anything happen to Good it. Good news, you guys. The camera's fine. Nothing happens to it. Wrong. So Ricky goes to take the photos, and it turns out the four bullies are doing the car wash because there's only five or six kids that go to the school. <laughs> And the four bullies hose him down real good. I'm gonna, we, we should just keep moving. We need to keep moving. <laughs> and Ricky gets so angry that he grabs the hose and he sprays it all inside of Wart's parents' car that they're washing. We should need to keep moving. And, yep. And then they all, all four of them chase him and he slips on wet grass and lands on top of the camera, which is around his neck, and it cracks, a sickening crack. Oh, God. And I had to die inside when I was reading this because I was like, oh, I'm too sensitive for this shit. Me too. Tasha Tasha obviously flips out on Ricky because the camera is not only broken, but it's soaked to the bone. And she said, this was your last chance. You're just a creep. You know why everyone calls you Ricky Rat? Because you're, you're a little, little rodent. rodent. Ricky's very hurt by this. Runs out even though it's not his fault, but like, come on. And he runs out. Kids are chanting Sicky Ricky. Sicky Ricky. As he runs across Sicky, the playground. Runs across Ricky. the playground. And now we cut back to the present, which is like eight chapters later. And now he's going to get his revenge. His 8 p.m. revenge. So Ricky is sneaking out of the classroom after typing that at the bottom Leaving of his... Leaving his muddy footprints everywhere, not even giving a care. And... He is sneaking out and he hears a cough and realizes that, oh no, Tasha's <laughs> already sick. back in the classroom and he is halfway to the window. And he shuts his eyes and freezes and pretends he's not there and hopes they don't see him. But then he hears Miss Richards say, Tasha, come back into the hall. And when he opens his eyes, she's gone. So I guess she didn't see him. Uh-huh. And then he leaps out of the window and lands on his elbows and knees. Oh, that's twice in this book, you guys. Treat yourself when you hear this. Treat yourself to something real special. Take a shot because this almost never happens. Twice in the book. Twi- twice in the book. So he takes off running all the way home for the third time this week. And he's like, but this time I'm not a loser. I'm not a creep. I'm a champion. And when he gets home, his parents are still watching the leather channel. <laughs> they just love all kinds of leather. And when he gets home, he's so amped up. That he calls information and gets Iris Candler's phone number. What? And tells her everything. And she says, I don't know, Ricky. I have a really bad feeling of this. And Ricky says, it's just a joke. To what could go wrong? What do you want from me? So the next day at school, uh, Ricky runs into two guys named Josh and Greg. Uh-huh. And Josh and Greg do that thing where they start start bumping their bodies against Ricky mm. and say, Ricky, stop bumping into me. Stop, stop. And Josh says, hey, give me a break. And I said, stop bumping into me. But both of them bump their bodies real hard against bump, him. Bump, bump, bump. And I think that's pretty funny. I think it's really real. That happened to me in school once. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. I hate that, but I do love the idea of two guys named Greg and Josh bumping their bodies against me. Yeah, but I do love you. That is a a Coyote Ugly reference, you guys. Uh Uh-huh. Please um, download it. Hell no. H2O. Leanne Rhymes. Can't fight the moonlight. Deep in the dark, I'll surrender you. But you know, but you know know that you can't fight the moonlight. Like, no, you can't fight it. It's gonna get to you. I remember watching that movie and not knowing how to pronounce Piper Parabo's name yet. I don't think I'm gonna put any clips from that movie or that soundtrack into this episode. I'm just gonna leave us singing it and let you guys do your homework. I think you should put some clips in. Oh, do I have to? Yeah, wasn't that good? So, Ricky's like, oh man, they were banging their bodies up against me, but I'm gonna get no, the last laugh. No, they were laugh. bumping their bodies. You're right, they were bumping. Um, ladies, leave your man at home. The club is full. The club is full. <laughs> so that night, 
it's two minutes to midnight, and he gets a phone call. <laughs> you said midnight? <laughs> what? That's how you say it. It's midnight. Work. I don't know why you laughing. Uh, and the phone call is Iris asking if Ricky saw the newspaper. And, and it's Iris calling, and she wants to talk to um, her brother Graham and Amanda to see if they're getting along. Yeah. There's a better reference. For, I forget it. There is a better reference, but I I am very sick. Yeah, that's true. Iris, if you were Melody. I used only the good notes. Ricky says, no, I didn't see the newspaper. And Iris says, no, Ricky, you're in major trouble. He says, oh, no, my dad's coming. I've got to go. And then he just hangs up on her and doesn't bother to ask her what the major trouble is. And he decides he's just going to go to sleep. That stressed me out so much. When I was reading this, I was like, what major trouble? What's in the newspaper? I wouldn't be able to function if someone called me saying that. Especially two minutes to midnight. It would make me physically seeked. It still makes me physically sick when somebody calls me at any time saying anything. Yeah. So the phone rings again and he answers and says, Iris, thank you so much for calling me back. And a voice says, I saw your message in the school newspaper. I saw your message. Saw your I'm message. calling as you're instructed. I'm, calling as I'm following instructed. your instructions. I'm creep. And then Ricky's like, what? Slams the phone down. Says, what is that? The phone rings again. He answers it. He goes, hello, who is it? And it's a different voice. And it says, I'm a creep. I'm a creep. I called as I soon as I saw your orders. Saw your and he says, what is going on? Hangs up. The phone, there's another phone call. And his dad, like, busts in the room. And is like, what is going on? Arlstein points out that Ricky's dad is wearing blue and white striped pajamas. Which I think is super cute. Aww. And... He's like, what is going on? And Ricky's like, uh, just a joke, Dad. Just some prank calls. Uh, just, just a, a joke. joke. Just an ordinary joke. The calls continue until 2 a.m. where Ricky just decides to pull the phone off the hook. It's about time. And his parents are really mad in the morning and his mom is like, listen, I'm going to come to school and tell people to stop calling you. <laughs> it's so embarrassing. And... And he was like, oh, God, imagine what they would call me then. But it gives him icy chills just thinking about those phone calls. So that day at school, he runs into Iris, and she's like, there you are. She is wearing a loose plaid skirt. She is wearing a loose plaid shirt over navy blue corduroy pants, and her long plastic earrings jangled softly. See, this crosses over ugly into fashion for me, and I'm excited by this outfit. She hands him a Harding Herald with the new message at the bottom, and it basically, you know, you, you it, it, the message has been changed from call Tasha to call Ricky. With Ricky's phone number in it, obvi. Obviously. Ricky lets out a low moan. Oh. And he is so angry at Tasha, he runs down the hall to the 8th grade classrooms, and he finds her, and... <laughs> in front of the whole class. In front this of is the so ho- embarrassing. In front of the whole class, and she says, I caught your joke. Did you get any calls? And the whole class laughs at him, including the teacher. Bitch! He feels like people are laughing at him all day, except at lunch, because he, when he walks past the bullies' table, they completely ignore him. Do what? And he's like, that's so weird. I feel totally uneasy with no one making fun of me at lunch. And at the end of lunch, he gets hit in the head with a crumpled ball of paper. And he's like, all right, cool. Things are back to normal. But he opens it, and it's a note that says, when, when will, will the, the creeps cre- When will them creeps meet? When will them creeps meet? After lunch, Iris... Ew, creeps meet. Ew, sicked. I'm a vegetarian. I don't eat creeps meat. So after after lunch, Iris is like, hey, would you like to join me after school tomorrow to get supplies so I can make something for the school bake sale and impress everyone with my cooking? And this part was really cute. We don't really deal a whole lot um, with Goosebumps books, as you know. We, we, don't, we haven't hit puberty yet, so we don't get like a lot of boy and girl, cute, or boy and boy, I don't know, but like cute, cute, flirty stuff. And this is... This is like kind of like a cute little date section. 
And he says, yeah, sure, I'll meet you behind the playground after school tomorrow. We can shop for whatever you need, and I'll help you carry it all the way home. And he's like, oh, man, I'm a big man, huh? She thanked me, and I jogged down the hall to my locker. I actually felt like skipping or flying. Iris likes me, I decided. A girl in my school likes me. You probably think this is no big deal, but it's a very big deal to me. It changed my whole mood. It made me forget about all the trouble I've been having. It made me forget I was me. What a great day, I told myself. What an oh. awesome day. Oh, Ricky. It actually broke my little heart. Oh, that's cute. I and like this. He says, my happy mood Matt, uh, lasted until I opened my locker door. And inside, he sees that the door is dripping with red paint. And it says, when will the creeps meet? It says, when will them creeps meet? And... That night, he starts getting phone calls. And the no, phone calls. Please. The phone calls say, I'm a creep. This is a creep. When will the creeps meet? Are we ready to plant the seeds? When were we meeting? I saw your message. I'm a creep. So the next day at school, Ricky goes to meet Iris after school, you know, to like get the supplies or whatever. But he's mm-hmm. grabbed by Wart, David, uh, Jer- Jared, and B- Brenda. I don't remember their names. That's it. You got it. And they pull him into the woods behind the playground until they're completely hidden by evergreen shrubs. And he says, ow, oh, stop no, it's hurting so sad me. just thinking about Iris waiting for him and he never gets there. I know. It really makes me sick. Wart says, um, we... we I, we would never hurt you, Commander. We are the creeps. Dun, dun, dun. We're so sorry for teasing you. We never would have teased you if we had known you was the Commander. Ricky's like, what are you talking about? Stop this Stop stupid this joke. But stupid he realizes joke. that they're all dead serious. And they say, we must act quickly. We're running out of time. We need to plant the identity seeds. You know, they grow stale in one week. So the bullies, the whole time, these four bullies that are beating him up are actually the creeps. So Brenda pulls out a bag of what what looks like little chocolate chips. And she says, every student must eat one. The creeps must rule. Humans Humans are are the the past. past. Creeps are are the future. future. And then... Right then, they turn into monsters. They turn into animal stale. They scream, creeps rule. And this is gross, guys. They all sprout quarter-sized bright purple bumps. Their faces flatten and stretch. Their hair disappears and long ropey tongues poke out with jagged rows of teeth. And they turn into bumpy lizard creatures. And Wart goes to attack him and... Ricky screams, but no, he's not attacking him. He's just grabbing a squirrel that's behind him. And then he eats it. And then he comments that it tasted dry. And they all laugh ugly, choking laughs. It sounds like they're choking. And all four of their tongues shoot out and slap each other's tongues like they's slapping each other high fives. Except with their skinny, ropey lizard tongues. Ricky's really freaked out and says, uh, I gotta go. And they said, well, we must meet again soon. We must make a plan. Creeps rule. Creeps rule. Humans are the past. Creeps are the future. Creeps rule. Creep Los Angeles. And Ricky's like, yeah, uh, uh, yes, you're right. And he just decides to go along with it for his safety. Smells the seeds, checks them out. They smell sour. And he says, all right, well, let's meet soon once we have a plan. And Wart's like, wait, 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 wait. And stops him with his long, bumpy tongue, shoots it out of his mouth, like wraps it around Ricky's neck and pulls him back. And Wart's like, girl, I've got me a plan. We're going to put the seeds in the lunchroom food early in the morning when the cooks are on their break. And Ricky's like, oh, okay. Well, um, great. Let's decide on that tomorrow then. Let's talk about it tomorrow. And the creep's like, what? Tomorrow? And he's like, yep, tomorrow. And Ricky runs home. (laughs) Okay. The next thing that happened is this thing that since we've been re- re since we've been rereading the Goosebumps books, I've realized this happens more than I remember that it happens where the kids actually try to tell the parents or tell the parents what's going on. And when they tell the parents what's going on, the parents either thinks they're sick or like needs to go to the hospital or the parent like wasn't listening or the parents were like, you know, there's some dumb excuse for like why the parents don't like get what's going on so here we go ricky tries to tell mom and dad the whole story of the creeps basically they're like are you are you in trouble he's there's something i have to tell you guys are you in trouble and he's like these four kids they're not they're not really kids i thought they were seventh graders but they're not they're they're creeps they're not kids (laughs) at all i I mean they're new to the school i I never saw them before this year but i thought i they came here with a mission they want to turn all the kids in school into creeps they have the identity identity seeds a big bag of them they're going to feed they're going to feed the seeds to all the kids and they think i'm a creep too they think i'm their commander because of uh, a message i typed at the bottom of the school newspaper they want me to help them turn all turn all the kids into, into horrible monsters 
And the and the Mr. and Mrs. Beamer go, we have something to tell you, Ricky. We're creeps, too. And Ricky screams, no. And then they burst out laughing. They say, no, actually, we're Martians. No, we're werewolves. No, we're Martian werewolves. <laughs> and they laugh at him. because. And Ricky's so furious, gets up on the table, runs away. And they're like, we believe you, commander of the creeps. <laughs> and and the Ricky's parent- like, I'm going to call the only person that understands me. I'm going to call Iris. And oh, shit, he never met Iris after school. Oh, come on. I know. And she doesn't answer because she's probably mad because he never showed up. Bitch. And he decides he's going to get to school early the next morning and tell Miss Crawford, the principal, all about it. And that will definitely work. Yep, it always works. And he wakes up so er- really early. He didn't even sleep. Arlstein says he tossed and twisted all night. Yeah, he didn't toss and turn. He tossed and twisted. He puts on a red and brown flannel shirt over baggy brown corduroy pants. Okay. And runs to school in the drizzle. Mm, drizzle and twistle all night. Miss Crawford is the only one there. He goes into her office and she's this old athletic woman with curly gray hair and she always wears black. She sounds fierce AF. And she's like, oh, Ricky, I'm so glad you came in. I heard you started a water fight at the car wash last Bitch. week. And Ricky's like, oh, yes, but let me tell you everything. And it, his description is even crazier than when he talked to his parents. And Miss Crawford's like, oh, sweetie, honey, you sick. You need to see the nurse. Oh, baby, you sick. Baby, you sick. Sit down here, baby. You need to go to the nurse and get some peanut butter and saltines. And he goes, actually, that was all just a joke. Ha ha. Just a, just a crazy joke. And runs out of an office down the hall. And then he bumps into Wart, Brenda, David, and Jared. And he's like, I'm... They're s- like, we are so glad to see you, Commander. Please, to the lunchroom. Come with us to the lunchroom. It's time. It's time to, to plant the seeds. No, please. And they sort of, like, surround him, and, and he can't escape. They they walk him down to the they kitchen. They Susan surround him. And... <laughs> wow. <laughs> they push him inside of the kitchen. Now, the this is ridiculous. The cooks are there, but they're all cooking with their backs to the... To the, the bullies. And to the entrance, basically. And he sneaks if in. If people turn their backs to more bullies, this would be a better world. That is one of my favorite things you've said on this podcast here. Mm. And they push him inside, and he sees a platter of mac and cheese, some broccoli, and some tuna casserole. And the creeps basically stand at the door saying, put the seeds in, put the seeds in. Ricky's like, I have no choice, but then he has an idea. And his idea is to fake trip and spill the seeds all over the floor, which he does... And he goes, uh, no, I spilled the seeds all over the place. I'm so sorry, you guys. Oh, well, I let you down. The, the, by the way, when he does this, the cooks don't hear it and don't turn around and don't hear the big crash and see seeds spilling all over the floor. Don't turn around because you're going to see my seeds spilling. And he's like, I'm so sorry, guys. And Jared's like, that's cool. I brought an extra bag. We always carry a spare. You never know when you'll need more identity (laughs) seeds. (laughs) That's a good sales pitch. So, I know they should be in Shark Tank. Yeah, identity seeds. So, Ricky goes back yeah, in and is like, I have no choice. And he pours them all over the macaroni and cheese. And then he comes back and Brenda says, No, no, no. You got to stir it real good. You got to stir it in. You got to stir it real good. You got to stir it in and make it win. And so he does that. And at, he's tiptoeing out of there when all of a sudden harsh hands grab him from behind and a, and a woman screams, what are you doing in here, young man? It's Mrs. Marshall, the nice cook. And he's like, Mrs. Marshall, please don't serve the macaroni. It is a poisoned. And she says, I resent you kids always making fun of the food. It's healthy. It's- we use good ingredients here. The other two cooks then turn around and say, yeah, why don't you kids like a macaroni? It's good food. Here, why don't you eat some right now? Try it. Try it. Just no, no, no thanks. And runs out of there. And the creeps are like, yes, we did it. By after, by this afternoon, the school will be crawling with creeps. And creeping with crawls. Oh, creepy crawls. Creepy crawling. Creepy crawlies. Creepy crawlers. So Ricky avoids the lunchroom at lunch. His stomach is growling. He's so hungry, but he just can't even go there because he doesn't want to see kids turn into creeps. But after school, none of the kids have turned into creeps. And the creeps pull him into those bushes again. They're so disappointed. Then Then Ricky remembers, just then Ricky remembers, that no one ever eats the macaroni and cheese. If there's a big old crust on top of the macaroni and cheese, how do you get the identity seeds in the macaroni and cheese past the crust? Listen, I don't have any of those answers. Weirdly, this is making me very hungry. Listen, I don't actually have a problem with macaroni and cheese with crust. In fact, 
I think it sounds kind of good. I think it says too. Tell us what you think below. Comment below and don't forget to subscribe. At welcome to deadcast. And smash that subscribe button. At gmail.com. And he says that he says that out loud. He's like, oh yeah, no one eats macaroni and cheese. And the creeps are like, what? How do you know that? And they said, how do you know that since you only arrived a few days before we did? Huh? And I'm and Ricky's like, oh, um, somebody told somebody somebody told me. Now, when did these kids arrive? When did these creeps arrive? I don't know. I don't understand. Who's the this real part. commander? What is going on? Yeah. So. I promise you, Robert Lawrence did not think about it. From here on out, I'll be your commander. I'll be your commander. No fear, no, no doubt. doubt. I'll, I'll provide the answer. Right now, I command you to dance. Oh, no. Oh, man. I thought you were going to go up. I thought you were going to go up. I am sick. I can't go up. Yeah, right. I can only go down, down, down. I'm a dance floor lover. Brenda has a new plan. She says, we're going to bake them, the identity seeds, into cookies at the bake sale. Kids, I love free cookies. And Ricky's like, can't I know. no one turn away a free cookie. And Ricky says, I know that will work. Yes, I know it. I know it. And he says, well, let... let. <laughs> Ricky says a really dumb thing. He goes, I have an idea. <laughs> Why don't we bury the seeds? Yeah, if we bury the seeds, and then we'll see if they s- sprout more seeds. And Let's then, do that instead. And they like they and said he immediately knows that's something he should not have said. And they say, "Are you sure you're our commander? Our commander would never say that. Prove, Prove that you're a creep. Prove, Prove it. it. Transform now." They say, "Change, change, change." Turn to gray. And they start circling him tighter and tighter. And they start changing their eyes, flashing wildly. Their purple bumps quivering, slivering, slithering change. towards him. Prove it. And Ricky's about to tell them the truth when they hears a voice come through the bushes, and it's Iris, and she says, I am the commander's second-in-command. Her long earrings jangling wildly. That's literally something. In I am his sergeant. He and I do not have time to change now. We must bake now and prepare the seeds for the bake sale. And they all cheer, and they're like, we love the sergeant's plan. She says, she says yes, let us go to my house and bake the cookies. And Ricky's like... They go. To, they end up going to her house, bake the cookies, all of them together. Ricky pulls her aside and says, are you really one of them? And she says, yes, Commander. Our plan will not fail. And he ends up pulling her aside again. And he says, I know you're not a creep. And she says, I'm not one. But like, you know, like I'm trying to hold up, you know, like make it real here. And she says, I followed you that day. You were supposed to meet me after school, you bitch. And she said, I heard and saw everything, so I knew. We just have to go along with it for now, and then we'll figure out the plan once we're at the bake sale. Promise? So about two pages left. At the, there's the bake sales that Saturday in the gym. There are kids and teachers everywhere. Brownies and cookies and cheesecake. And the cookies are ready to go. Uh, David and Jared pull the plastic off the, the tray of cookies, and Ward's like, all right, we must hand them out now. Now! And Ricky, like, in one last-ditch effort, is like, oh, God, runs up to the microphone at a podium that's under the basket. Like, cause it's in the gym or something, which mm. I guess is like a, a, a ba- like for the basketball basket. And he gets in the mic and he says, don't eat the free cookies. Please <laughs> listen to me, everyone. Don't eat the free cookies. You will all become monsters. Bumps will grow all over you and you'll look like purple lizard creatures. And, and you'll eat squirrels whole. You've got to believe me. You've got to stay away from the free cookies. And of course, all the kids start laughing. And start chanting, sicky Ricky, sicky Ricky. And Tasha, bitch, grabs the mic from Ricky and she leads the school in chanting, sicky Ricky. Ricky, sicky Ricky. And Ricky is so mortified and upset. The teachers run over and Ricky decides, all right, what I'm going to do is I- I've got to eat all the cookies. I'm, I'm just going to eat all I have to them. save all the kids. And even though they treat me like hot shit, I'm going to eat all these cookies and save their asses. And he runs over to Ward, grabs the tray, and is about to shove the cookies into his, into his pie hole. When all of a sudden he gets hit by some chocolate pie. And then he gets hit by a brownie. 
and Tasha starts taking pictures of people throwing food at him and chanting Ricky, Ricky Rats, rat, Sicky Ricky. Ricky rat, and he says, what's Sicky wrong with Ricky, you guys? I'm Ricky trying to rat, save you. Brenda says, "Come." Uh, Brenda says, ignore their chanting. Once they eat the cookies, they will all be creeps. You will be their leader. They will all be your, their, you will, they will all be your slaves. And he says, I've got to save them. i got to save them. And then he said, wait, what did you say? And Brenda says, I said they'll all be your slaves. And he's like, oh, my slaves. And then he turns around and says, here, Tasha, have a cookie. And starts screaming, have a cookie, free cookies, plenty for everyone. And, and they're the best. Gobble them up. One for everyone. They're free. And then Ricky ends up taking one and eats it and says, hey, they're not bad. They're chewy, but they're pretty sweet. Here's the first paragraph and the last paragraph of Calling All Creeps. A little after eight o'clock at night, I tiptoed from my bedroom and crept as silently as I could down the stairs. Three steps from the bottom, I tripped over a stack of laundry and fell ahead first the rest of the way. From now on, I told myself, things are going to be very different around here. And I can't wait. I have to say that I absolutely love the nastiness of this ending. I love the ending of this book. The ending of this book is is really what seals the deal for me. And it's the first thing I think of when I think of this book. I love this nasty twist and the comeuppance of it. And usually the twist is something where something shocking and horrible happens to the protagonist. But this time, the joke's on everyone else because his ass is going to be the commander now. I think it's the nastiest, and I absolutely love it. I absolutely love it. So let's, I don't know, talk about the TV episode now. The TV episode uh, aired on February 15th, 1997, just two months after the book came out. Mm. It was season two, episode 19. Matthew pointed out that the Netflix description of this episode is absolutely (laughs) hysterical. The Netflix description is, it looks like Ricky's lost when he gets the creepy midnight calls. (laughs) It's like poorly translated from some other language. That is so funny to me. It's also, I wanted to point out really quickly that Calling All Creeps, the book itself on the cover of the book, has an exclamation point at the end of it, Calling All Creeps. Yes. But if you open the book itself and you look at the first title page, there is no exclamation point for the rest of the description. The first three pages. Can you hear me flipping through? There's no exclamation. No exclamation. There's no explanation point. Wow. And the television episode doesn't have it either. So it's literally just the cover of the book. The cover of the book and the side of the book. The cover, so of the, book, the cover of the book is very excited. Yeah, it's true. Um, what, what do you think of the TV episode? Um, I think it's fine. Yeah, it's just fine. Um, I think the kid who plays Ricky is actually pretty good. I do too. And like I was saying earlier, they kind of like play Ricky like he's like a full tilt dork where it's like wet hair, slicked back, little assholes and like that kind of stuff. It I start- think it's a pretty good, at, at faithful, like shortened up adaptation of the book book yeah it starts off with um kind of an expository voiceover of what's happening and ricky is trying to break into the school um right then to ruin tasha um we hear tasha and tasha in this episode at one point ricky literally says calls her tasha and and (laughs) iris immediately responds who's tasha who's tasha tasha mcclain it's uh, it's it's pretty funny and so, like, the same thing happens where, like, Ricky breaks into the school and he fucks up the, the you know, the newspaper and he writes the, the Calling All Creeps. If you're a creep, call Tasha, Tasha after midnight. We see, you know, the clear muddy footprints of him, like, stumbling outside. And we also see that ta- we, we, it's pretty clear that Tasha knows what's up. Yeah, like, because Miss Richards or whoever is like, what is that noise? And, like, Ricky gets caught on the window as he's escaping and his shirt kind of rips. And then he, like, runs away. And then Tasha looks outside the window and she has, like, a knowing smile. She's like, it was nothing. But, like, and Tasha's pretty well cast. She's not in it a whole lot, but I think they did a good job. She's not a redhead, but she's she's pretty... But she does have curly hair. The bullies have been um, narrowed down from four to three, which I think is absolutely fine. Yeah, Wart is a tall... Um, a tall guy who literally is eating an onion like it's an apple and like part of like the bullying is like it's like hey Wart why don't you breathe on Ricky and it's like he like takes yeah Wart is more like the I don't know the moose the moose of the group and then the leader is more I don't know David or Jared it isn't really they don't and he's like a white blonde guy who like wears Kangol hats and then there's like um, Brenda's like um, just black and nondescript and fine um, I'm not a huge fan of the actress that plays Iris. I think she's. Ju- I think she's just milk toast. Yeah, I she's think kind she's of dead just, inside. She's just 
you know, serviceable. She's she was also had she played trick or treater number one in the Haunted Mask, and she's also Allison in Cry of the Cat. Yeah, so we'll see her quite a bit. Um, we get to see you know the bullying here is onion breath, and they make Ricky sing Mary had a little lamb in front of the entire school, like in kind of the hallway. And Tasha's pretty in on it too. She's like up front and center, like laughing at him. One thing I will say is um, Ricky has a dope ass room. Um, he has a giant like mural of like a of the full moon like above his bed and there's like space stuff all over his room so there's like a rocket and things like that and it's like i think they're just trying to tell us ricky's a dork he likes space but i thought it was pretty cool and his phone next to his bed is like this light up kind of home phone that makes this cool glowy thing that happens when people call which i thought was fun yeah it's pretty cool and so pretty quickly you know it's like that night you know he starts getting phone calls from creeps and i actually thought the the it was pretty effective the phone calls that he got and like the you know the the bullies and creeps that are calling put on this voice you know what i mean like this creep voice but i actually thought it was pretty effective iris i can't talk to you now i saw your message in the paper huh what who is this i saw your message in the paper i'm calling as instructed i'm a creep Yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty faithful, and Ricky's supposed to meet Iris to like bake cookies together, or whatever. I think it's um, there's some super cheese tastic music when it's like that scene where it's like Iris kind of asking Ricky out on a date to meet her at the yogurt shop, oh, so right. they can get stuff ready for the bake sale. But I love how I mean the actress who plays Iris is completely dead inside and Ricky's giving it everything he's got but I do love the cheese cheese Swiss cheese after school special music that plays Cheddar while they're flirting cheese. listen you know that big bake sale this Friday um I was gonna make some cookies do you wanna meet me after school and go shopping really me help you I know it sounds boring but no no I'd love to it's just that no one has ever well when are you going? Meet me after school tomorrow at the yogurt shop. I'll be there. And Iris, thanks. <laughs> they, the creeps uh, capture him with like a net and take him to like a, I don't even know what you call it. Like, like a cave in the woods or something like that? But it's like, like above ground cave in like a clump of trees. And, you know, we get we get to it pretty quickly. And they turn into the into creeps. And the creeps are yellow. That's the big difference, I think. They're yeah, yellow, like they're not yellowy purple. orange, and they have these weird, like, green egg ears. And what's so funny is their mouths don't really move as they speak, so it just kind of looks like they're wearing Halloween masks. They're like, Commander, what should we do? But, like, their mouths don't really move. But what is frightening with it, and I think I would... I think if you're high or drunk, I would recommend watching this episode. But, like, um, what what's kind of effective to me is just because of the lighting, you sometimes you can't really see their eyes so it looks like these they have these like big shadowy black holes for eyes which is pretty frightening Basically, they're they set him up right then and there, and they're like, "We need to plant these identity seeds." And Ricky like has a more act like unintentionally active role in figure in creating this plan, and they are gonna put the seeds in the 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 school food right then, and they go right there into the like into the school kitchen or whatever, and put it in the tuna surprise. And they kind of set up at the beginning of the episode. Like, Iris is new at school, and Ricky's like, don't eat the tuna surprise. No one eats that. 
And I think I'm I I like that choice because I'm like nobody would ever eat tuna surprise at school. Yeah, they be they, they would eat mac and cheese for sure. And Ricky realizes it as he's putting it in. He's like, oh, this is perfect. This is tuna surprise. They'll never eat it. You know, as opposed to not remembering that about the macaroni and cheese and dra- dragging it all out. The same thing kind of happens, except it's one cook, and she's kind of like, what are you doing with my tuna surprise? And he's like, ugh, ugh. And she's like, my tuna surprise is healthy and nutritious. I don't know why you kids think it's poison and you hate it. Here, try some. He's like, oh, no. So he, like, runs away back to the cafeteria, and then he kind of stands guard throughout ca- the, at lunch. When people come after they buy their lunches through, like, the cafeteria lunch line or whatever, he, like, makes comments where he's like, oh, yeah, good choice. Chicken whatever like that sounds pretty good but then iris comes walking through with her tuna surprise and he literally knocks out of her hand and throws it in the trash and she's like what are you doing he's like you can't eat that shit bitch yeah i love that line um he i i like that because i i feel like this the tv show a little bit answers some of the questions that i feel like you'd have reading it being like wouldn't he know that about the macaroni and cheese and if wouldn't he try and stop them at lunch instead of hiding during lunch? Yeah. And so, anyway, it doesn't end up working out, um, and obviously, because he, Ricky has an active role in making sure it doesn't work out. He Same thing happens with the creeps after school. They pull him into that cave thing or whatever. And Iris shows up and does the same thing she does in the book, where she's like, yes, Commander. I'm I'm the second in command. The cookies. Let's. But the the weird thing I think is so ridiculous is they go to the school kitchen and make the cookies in the school kitchen. Yeah, it's weird, and it's in like, like the same vat where the tuna surprise was. It doesn't really look like cookie dough, but I guess it is. And what's so funny is so go, they go immediately back to school to make the cookies at school, and the bullies stay and stand and stir the identity seeds into the what's presumably the cookie dough. And Iris and Ricky walk away to like. Have a secret conversation. Where Ricky's like, you're not really a creep, are you? She's like, no, of course not. But in the background... This is amazing. In the background, while Brenda and David or Jared, whoever he is, and Wart are stirring the cookies, they chant silently by themselves, uh, uh, humans are the past, creeps are the future. Humans Humans are are the past, past. creeps are are the future. future. So hilarious. Humans are the So cut to the bake sale and they, you know, Ricky and Iris, like, what are we going to do? Jared, whoever brings out the plate of cookies and people immediately start grabbing them. Me and like free cookies, people immediately start grabbing them. He runs up to the podium and is like, Hey guys, uh, blah, 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 don't. And Tasha jumps in and starts, starts chanting, Ricky the Rat. Ricky the Rat. I think think that's much better than Ricky Rat or Sicky Ricky. Ricky the Rat. Maybe I'm so used to hearing Ricky the Rat in our Welcome to Deadcast opening theme that I've gotten so used to hearing Ricky the Rat that when I was reading the book this time, I was like, oh, it's Ricky Rat instead of Ricky the Rat, but whatever. And he's like, oh, oh no. And Brenda or whoever walks up to him behind him says, don't listen to them. Once you, you know... Once they eat the cook, once the seeds kick in, they'll be your slaves. And and we get to witness the kind of the hardcore, hardcore bullying of the entire school, chanting at him and throwing stuff at him. And then he changes his tune, of course, and says, I just wanted to say, enjoy the cookies. That is how the TV episode should end. Yes, that's how it should end. Instead, it goes to commercial, comes back, and Iris is like, what are you doing? Don't. And he, it's like, I mean, it's maybe 30 seconds. Yeah. And he's like, oh, can't beat him. Join him. Eats the cook, eats a cookie and then turns into a creep. And we also see in his glasses, the reflection of like a school full of creeps, like chanting kind of. Um, I would like to point out that on the trivia, the British version of this TV episode ended um, before the commercial break. Perfect. Where it should have ended. Where it needed to end. Yeah. And that, and that was day. Like when I was watching the TV episode, I didn't realize it kept going. I was like, no, stop. You ruined it. I know. Don't. Was this one of the episodes they played at the All Midnight Marathon? At, I can't remember. You know, anyway. Um, it had been a while since we've seen this episode, so it was fun to watch it again. Yeah, and, totally. Um, it, I like calling all creeps. I really like it too. I think it's a. I think it's such a fun fifty. You know. Yeah, super fun fifty. And you know, we we had some like some some really great thirties. 
and some kind of kooky and um, genre 40s. But when we get to the 50s now, all bets are off. Weird, crazy, you know, off the wall, random ass shit. Get ready for weird. Get ready for wild. Get, get ready for out of left field. You guys don't even know what's about to happen. The 50s are the is the is the craziest. Yeah, it's the craziest and the kookiest of the series. Has some of the best of the entire series and some of the downright nastiest and weirdest. <laughs> I can't wait for Beware the Snowman. Yeah, I know. Beware the Snowman is coming up, you guys. Listen, if you guys want to say hi, if you guys are a creep. Say just hi. Open your mouth and do it. Yeah. Uh, you can you can reach out to us at uh, at welcome to deadcast at gmail.com or you can say hi to us on social media. My Instagram is Daniel X Montgomery and my Twitter handles Daniel Montgomery. Except there's not an E in there somewhere. But just type in Daniel Montgomery and I'm there. Um, mine is Matthew underscore Scott underscore Montgomery on Instagram and my robot. <laughs> and my my, twi- my Twitter is iRobotUJane. So DMS or message us in there if you have any better ideas of where to put the identity seeds. <laughs> Before they go stale, they go stale in a week, you guys. I know that. I think it was so. I just want to say one more thing. I thought it was so funny that, like, I never questioned the whole idea of, like, oh no, the kids can't turn into creeps because if they turn into creeps, then. Then they'll. Um... Then they'll. Um, then they'll be they'll be creeps. I just kept thinking, where's the real commander? Oh yeah, that's true. And are they aliens? Like, what's the deal? They're Martian werewolves. <laughs> <laughs> well, join us next time, you guys. If, if you're, you're a creep. creep. <laughs>